Hello, everyone. Welcome to Aya Podcast. I am your host, Davina. And I'm your other host, Sophie. And today we are doing episode two, talking about growing up in an Asian household, or at least our own household. I believe both Sophie and I have experienced your stereotypical Asian household experiences, but at the same time, we had some unique differences, as well as kind of different from the Asian community as a whole. So a little bit uh, about the my household that I grew up in. So I grew up in a two-parent household. Both my parents are still together. Uh, it was just me and my sister. We did live nearby my cousins. So it was like one other family, group family that lived near us. So... So, of course, there's some parts of the stereotypical Asian household, such as like big family gatherings and growing up with strict parents, per se, especially when it came to schooling and your grades. Uh, those are some of the things that I would say is pretty standard in an Asian household. Oh, and I don't know about the whooping for you, but I know for us, whenever we got the, the beating, we always it was always by either a wooden spoon or a branch from the backyard. So oh. it was <laughs> that, that. I road. got the hanger. No, I never oh, got, got the hanger. No, got oh, the, my God. I got the metal, not even plastic. It was the metal hangers. No. That I don't know if you remember from the dry, dry yeah, cleaner. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. hated the dry cleaners. I can't believe they gave those out. But, yeah, that hurt. And then one time I got a candle. So. Now, they switched it up on us. Um, what was it? So at first they started when it came to, uh, you know, punishments or discipline or whatever they want to call it because now it's considered child abuse. But <laughs> um, I remember back then, anytime we got in trouble, one of the things they used to do was say, okay, you go outside and you pick, you pick up a stick or you pick up a branch. So we'll come in not realizing that we literally just picked our own weapon of choice to get our butt hit. <laughs> So, so after a few times doing that, my cousin got really smart and she would just pick like a twig or like a small size branch. And since my aunt and uncle couldn't use that, they just switched over to a wooden stick. So now they realize the wooden stick is more effective. So then after that, <laughs> we had the wooden stick. So yeah, no, I think stereotypically, those are some of the few things in an Asian household that I experienced. Some of the other things I would say like growing up was really important to us was family family was just hugely instilled in us to say like hey you know family is always going to be there for you kind of thing or you you should always be there for family which was really interesting especially growing up as a i believe a first or second gen or we're second gen i believe so second generation asian americans coming into this because we have the traditions and beliefs and standards uh given to us by our families but then we grow up in a very um individualistic mindset uh, here in the U.S. So it was definitely like a clash of uh, beliefs and cultures as as we were growing up. Yeah, so but my parents, it's a two-parent household. Um, my mom came from a family of like 10 kids and majority of them lived in California. So it was very interesting because when we moved, we were one of the few families that like moved out of state. So we were the first to move out and then my cousin's family came out as well so there's two families living uh in texas at the time and we were kind of the closest we were very very close because of that reason so and that's something that my parents were always like really big on and i think the reason why my dad is really big on that too is because my dad actually when he came over from vietnam because both my parents came over during the vietnam war 
So when my mom came over, she came with her family. But my dad came over, he came by himself. So that's why he emphasizes so much on family. But yeah, growing up, you know, having both parents in the house, it was a very... I won't say like I can't really call it interesting experience, but I guess my parents kind of took kind of a more traditional route with the family household. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, so she was the one who raised me and my sister for most of my time, most of that time, and my dad was the one who worked full time. So my dad was always working. He does extra hours. He does a lot of travel. So in a way, my dad wasn't as home as often, but we knew that as his role as the father, that he was um, out making the money and keeping our finances straight kind of thing uh, and making sure that we are, you know, that we're taken care of and everything like that. And then on the other side, my mom is the one who's taking care of not only the house, but she's the one who helps the budget um, and keeps up with uh, our schooling and everything like that. Uh, Luckily, later down the line, I want to say closer to middle school time is when my dad got a promotion and was able to be at home a little bit more but by like be at home it's like he doesn't travel as often and he still turned one of our rooms into an office anyways at home so (laughs) so he was able to like work from home kind of so there would be times where he'll hang out with us but then other times that he's busy working and stuff uh I think that that was one of the blessings that we I would say though is that even though that they both were dynamically different in the household that it was pretty it was pretty beneficial for my sister and I we didn't run into a lot of major issues or anything like that I will say though that there are times where we argue with our mom so much that we were just like we don't like you anymore we like dad instead because dad let us do whatever we want (laughs) but other than that I think that overall having a two-parent household was uh really beneficial for us because we were able to you know uh, stay on track with school uh get into really good colleges you know they they helped us fund everything they even helped pay for my wedding things like that like they helped us a lot because they wanted more for us and i think most families can say that they really wanted more for their kids than what what they had so yeah, I mean that that's a, a little bit that's a little bit of a taste of my the household that I was in. So another thing that happened in our household though too was not only is it my family and then my cousin's family that sometimes come over. Well, when I say sometimes they come over almost every day. So my mom was always cooking for at least two families worth. But the other thing that happened though too was that uh, later closer my I want to say late middle school into high school years we took on my grandmother because my grandparents at the time were living with one of my relatives out in California for a bit. It was starting to get um, a little out of their hands, not because they can't take care of two senior people. It was because my grandpa at the time was severely going through more health issues than my grandma was. And my grandma being old and senile just kept complaining to the world about everything and would just yell at everybody in the house for not doing anything or whatever. (laughs) so she was just really senile at that point and it was starting to stress out my relatives so she made a threat saying that she'll just move out with family in texas and for some reason that roped us into it so my mom was put on the spot and uh was asked to take grandma in basically so for the the second half of my life in that house was definitely living with uh my grandmother 
and she is this <laughs> and i think it's pretty common in asian households to you know to bring in the grandparents and everything so it's not like super uncommon it's just that my mom had 10 siblings so for the fact that it was one of us it was um a very interesting experience because she had to turn a lot of her attention to grandma at that point which i think she got lucky that my sister and i are very or we're fairly independent at that point um, you know, we knew that she needed time to work with grandma and she knew that she wouldn't be able to really, um, attend our activities as much anymore. So, but we completely understood that we didn't mind, but we always figured out that, you know, we wanted to give her space to make sure that she can take care of grandma to the best of her abilities, but then at the same time, be there for her if anything uh, were to change or if she needs any help or assistance. And then on top of that, after we took in our grandmother for a few years, this is closer to my end of my high school years my cousin from california his name is peter my cousin ended up having to stay with us as well because there has been issues over in his home he asked to move in with us too <laughs> so he came over as well giving my mom another person to take care of on top of grandma and this one was a little bit harder just because uh, the way that Peter grew up and everything was definitely way different from the way that we grew up. So anytime my mom has to like discipline him or tell him what to do or like keep an eye on him, stuff like that, he just feels really weird. And he was a very different person. If you meet him now, he's like the sweetest cinnamon roll that you ever meet. But like back then, oh my goodness, everybody just wanted him like gone because <laughs> of how bad of uh, a kid he was back then. Yeah, no, but our household was definitely more hectic. It's definitely all about everybody else. You couldn't really have a moment to think about yourself uh, because everyone in the household is always uh, emphasizing to work on each other or work on one another. But yeah, but that's pretty much the household that I grew up in. Of course, you have your your typical Asian stereotypes, again, taking shoes off, taking shoes off in front of the house and always being hospitable with guests and everything so yeah i mean i think that that's pretty we had a pretty standard i had a pretty standard um household besides some of the additional family and the craziness that ensued afterwards but yeah i mean it was a very very um it was a it, like i can't really complain because yes there were times if you look back or if, back then i might have complained about things like oh you know the typical oh, mom, dad, you don't understand me. It's not a phase kind of moments. But no, like we really didn't. I really didn't have any of that. Uh, we were still pretty uh, normal. Oh, and then extracurricular activities, of course. My parents put us in uh, Taekwondo as well, which, again, was really funny because I really wanted to learn Wuxia, which was uh, the style in, you know, Chinese films. But I didn't know how to explain that. Like, that's the martial arts. Like, that's the form that I wanted to learn. Uh, they were just like, oh, well, no, you already have it. You already signed up for it. And they said it's Taekwondo. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I think they were just trying to, but they were trying their best because I don't blame them. Um, those type of courses or those type of classes, you know, are difficult to find compared to Taekwondo, which is, was popping up like everywhere when we were growing up. So, but yeah, that was a little bit of my um, household. And that's like this type of household that I grew up in. Did, would you say that you experienced something similar in your household growing up? Slightly different from how most people grew up. I did. It's kind of hard to explain because technically I did grow up in a two parent household. But instead of it being my 
real parents, my biological parents, it's um, my grandparents. My parents got a divorce when I was younger. Didn't really get to enjoy like that two-parent household, biological parent household, but at the same time, it's like I wouldn't trade my past for anything kind of deal. I remember growing up, I couldn't tell the difference, honestly, because being raised by my grandparents that both worked, I remember waking up on the weekends where I was home alone. I didn't get to see them much, and my mom was never really there unless it's like my birthday or something, and she planned a birthday party with her friends to show off that she raised. She helped in raising me, which it's difficult to say because maybe she did. I don't know what exactly happened if she gave money to my grandparents to help and whatnot. I don't know, but we we are living in the same household. Growing up, my my biological mom was more like a sister to me than an actual parental figure. It wasn't like my mom was totally out of the picture. My dad was totally out of the picture and that's like a whole nother thing to get into. But like thinking back on it now, I don't think a lot of Asian family understands the idea of divorce because technically my mom was the first one to be divorced in my family. And I know a lot of my family members, especially like like as I grew, grew up, I noticed that a lot of my family members kind of pitied me. And that's probably what ticked me off a lot is yeah. I don't I don't believe I don't like being pitied like I don't think anyone I actually no I take it back there are some people that enjoy being pitied but at the same time that's not me that's never been me I like to be independent I'm a strong independent woman no, actually yes, no girl. but for real <laughs> but for real though it's just right. like I no I completely understand with that feeling because I know like for example my mom's side of the family out of all of all of her siblings only one sibling was divorced but I think it's like divorce is a little bit more common than we expect in the Asian community. It's just still looked down upon because, you know, because of the mm-hmm. values and because of uh, religious beliefs and such like that. Again, like I had that one aunt who was divorced. Um, surprise. Well, okay. I can't really compare my dad's family because my dad, when he moved here to the States, he was taken into a foster family. So he grew up in, uh, in an American household and everything. So he grew up in all that stuff. Uh, and he had three foster brothers, like the, the three, the family had like three sons. So he had three brothers. I think out of all of them, or at least two of them had divorce as well. So like, it's like over there, of course, it's like, oh, it's common. Like, you know, you know, 50% of household or of marriages and the divorce kind of thing. But in the Asian community, I think it's very, it's not that it's rare. It's just, um, it's not bar- broadcast. Yeah, like, it's not as um, broadcast. American culture. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know about your aunt. My mom was pretty much like the bo- black sheep of the family. So it was it was difficult. But at the same time, it was just like, I I don't enjoy, like people tell me, is like, oh, I pity you because you didn't grow up with two parents. Because growing up, it's like, I knew I didn't have two parents. I knew that I was different from my cousins. But at the same time, I grew up in a family that was full of love. To say at least, like, I have about, I think there's about 80 or 90 of us in total, but I get along with, so technically, you said you're second generation, right? I'm technically fourth generation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm trying to figure out, I might have to look this up while we're talking, but mm-hmm. I believe they go by generations based on when they've arrived, like how, like when they lived here slash when they were born here. So my parents came to the States, but we were, we were the first generation born in the States. 
Yeah, well, we're so. the first generation born. Uh, yeah, we're the first generation born in the states. But generation wise, my great grandmother from my grandpa's side is still alive right now. So that's generation one. Uh, my grandparents' generation is a second generation in the U.S. And then my aunts and uncles is a third generation, and I'm the fourth generation. So I'm actually, it's funny because I, um, me and my cousin actually drew out a family tree for everyone. So and it, it's fun, but I'm actually the third oldest in my generation. And oh, my that's generation, awesome. yeah, and my generation was all born in the U.S. I think that's cool because I'm the, I'm yeah. the second half youngest in my generation of my family so yeah um, girl that so means there's... you should be big sister not me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh, okay so yeah. i looked it up so i looked it up online real quick uh so first generation refers to those who are foreign born so that, for example our parents who came to the states uh second generation refers to those who at, with at least one foreign born parent so that so yeah so i would be considered second generation my husband would be considered second generation and you said you were born in the states too so you were born you would be considered no you don't have any relative you don't have any grandparents or not grandparents you don't have any aunts or uncles that were born in the u.s correct i have i have a couple okay yeah so like okay let's say like asian generation wise like family line candio will be fourth generation if we're talking about american american wise i'll be second generation because I would, uh, I do have a couple aunts and uncles that were born in the U.S. Right, from right. both my grandparents' side, um, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, but and it's funny because I'm actually older than them. <laughs> Does that make sense? Even though they're my aunts and uncles, I'm older than them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, that's pretty. <coughs> it's pretty common. I say it's pretty common. I don't think uh, my family particularly has gone through that just yet, but I've had like, I've met, it was actually really funny because I've met families before where their uncle is in the same grade as them or, you know, or it turns out like their, their nephew just graduated college, but they just like got into high school kind of thing. So I've heard of it happening and I've seen it happen. It's just, it's just that, that hasn't happened in my family yet. Very close to my family, like even the way, oh, by the way, Happy New Year, everyone. Um, hopefully everyone has a healthy, happy, ha- healthy and safe New Year. Just as that out there, I actually rang in the New Year. Like if it wasn't, if we didn't do family FaceTime or game night to ring in a New Year, I would be in bed. I was, at, I ended up being awake until like 2.30 my time, which would be 3 a.m., like 3:30 a.m. Um, New York's time. Um, ran in the new year. Rang in the new year with my three sets of aunts and uncles. Like that's how close I am to my family up in New York. It's just it. It was different. Like I remember growing up and telling my friends up there, like, "Oh, I'm hanging out with my cousins slash aunts and uncles," and they will look at me like, "What?" So very close knit family and still pretty close knit uh, to the where to the point where I pretty much that. So I don't know. It's difficult to explain because my mom's generation, there's the older generation and she's part of the generation. And then there's the second half of that generation that's um, probably like 10 to 12 years older than me. 
And that's the generation, that's my aunts and uncles that I'm close with. So it's very, and then that generation now have their kids and those kids are um, like under the age of five right now. So there is that age gap and it's like, I love it because it's like, I get to be that cool cousin, like that cool older cousin that gets to spoil them. So very close knit family. And I like, I didn't grow up without that love. Like even though my parents was divorced, I was still loved by not only by my grandparents, but also by like my aunts and uncles and my cousins. But I don't think, like I told you earlier, like we said earlier, is like when it came to uh, discipline and stuff like that, I got the metal hanger and that shit hurt. I don't, it is, it, yeah, it's considered abuse. But I'm pretty sure that they didn't care, honestly. And I wasn't always like the perfect, I wasn't a good kid like to just put it out there um because i did end up getting the candle once and the candle is where you kind of squat on top of a um fire pretty much yeah not the kid good lord (laughs) but uh i remember that exactly and it only happened once because i remember my uncle came right when it happened and he was P.O.'d and he was just like he grabbed me by my arm and pulled me away and then he was just like if your mom ever did this again tell me and I'll call the police on him uh on her and I was just like oh okay but it was just like, as a kid it's like you don't want your parents to be in jail so you're just sitting there like I'd be good now kind of deal but yeah so I grew up like that was like my childhood pretty much and it's like um I was I wasn't very close to my dad, and the story of my dad is that in the re- part of the reason why they got divorced early, and which did affect how I grew up, which I, it's hard to explain because it's like you didn't you don't people don't think that it, a divorce would um, back then at least I don't feel like people realize a divorce would affect the kid the way that it does, and the way it affected me is like seeing like all my cousins like have their parents, and then I'm over here like. My mom's barely present, but it's like, it's difficult because it's like, as a child, you don't think as your grandparents, I didn't think of my grandparents as parents, uh, parental figures up until I grew up. So I didn't realize that until later on in life. So I was just like, well, where's my mom? Where's my dad kind of deal? And it's just like, I see all my cousins having their parents, but I don't have both of them in my life. I only have one of them. And I think I was so mad because I have to give kudos to my grandparents or my grandma at least because she tried to make sure that I had that relationship with my dad and I was more pissed that he wasn't in my life to where I can show off kind of deal and to find out later on it was just because it was his greed that drove him away from having him in my life kind of deal and the story behind that was that he wanted when when my mom was pregnant with me, he wanted a way to earn quick money, and he thought the way to do that was to sell drugs. And, of course, he got caught, and um, ultimately, later on, he got deported. Oh. Um, yeah. So, like, I remember, I actually, low-key, I actually remember my mom putting me in the car, driving a couple hours away, and visiting him in jail, but then realizing that, I couldn't go because I was too young, so I had to sit out in the car. And during that time, they were going through a divorce. And this was probably all under the age of seven. They were going through a divorce. Of course, I didn't know that. And then my dad got deported. But my my grandma always tried to make sure 
that I would have that relationship, but I never gave it a chance. Like she, he would always call like during a certain time of the month. And this was when he was in Hong Kong. And of course we had to pay for long distance calls like that, like overseas calls like that. And I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want anything to do with it because I was pissed as a kid. Like I, um, I was more upset the fact that he wasn't here, but I didn't know like what a divorce was as a child. It, it was difficult. And then like when I got of age to realize what was going on, my mom actually sent me back to visit him for like the first time in my life to ever spend time like I would spend time with his parents so my other set of grandparents like I would stay over during the summertime and spend time with them and I wouldn't trade that time for anything of course but one year my mom booked me tickets to go visit him and backstory didn't know that he remarried at all didn't know that I had a half sibling at all so I went over to Asia blindsided so much drama I know it, it's funny because it's like people say you have a very interesting life but it's like I don't you, as a person that's in it like it's my life it's like I didn't really think that was interesting but yeah so there's that so went in blindsided and then like I thought like growing up I didn't think that I fit in with my mom's family it was a wake-up call I will honestly tell you and I think that's part of the reason why I was so mature for my age was after some during the summer of of like going into eighth grade year um mom flew me to hong kong for about i think it was two months maybe a month and a half i don't remember the exact timeline but yeah found out that he remarried had a kid and everything and of course i, I was very upset and then that was also a time where he decided to tell me about the divorce and he showed me paperwork that how he was trying to fight for me when he was in jail and whatnot and i was just like Okay, and then it got to the point where he started bad-mouthing about my mom. And I, I remember telling him, it was just like, don't bad-mouth about my mom because she never did so. She never did it. Like, she never talked bad about my dad. Not I can remember not a single, even now to this day, he, she has never said anything bad about my dad, nor has she talked about my dad at all. Right. That shows, so, that kind of shows what kind of character each parent is and also just shows like you know that your mom was definitely more mature i noticed that a lot that happens in uh you know divorced parents it's very difficult to co-parent and, and obviously in your situation there was like no opportunity for that to happen um and then for oh. your dad to like really just be at a distance and think that he can be part of the family still is yeah. like really really but yeah well continue. it was it, it it was it was different like to be honest it was really different because it's like up until now up until actually 2020 was when i found out the true story of everything which oh spoiler it made me even mad madder than before but yeah so but then it's like we i was there for someone's birthday and i remember we were taking pictures and looking back at the picture i was just like i don't fit here like he he actually asked me if I wanted to live with him and I, I actually told him no and I just remember looking at that family photo with him and his new wife and their servant or helper whatever you call it um out in Asia and my half sibling and then there was another one on the way I just remember looking at that picture and I was just like I don't belong I don't belong here I I belong with my mom and my grandparents I remember like as a going into an eighth grade year as I don't remember how old that would be like what 12 or 13 and just realizing like that was like the hard hit where it's just like I miss my family 
And then I also remember like an instant where um, my dad called me, how do you say, uh, not greedy, but I cared about others more than myself. Oh, I was about so to say I, selfish, but that's not, that's not the right description. Yeah, well, because he gave me money and I used that money and I spent that money. And my mom also sent me with money too, but I didn't know how much, of course, at the time. But he cashed it out and um, and I don't even know, is it yen in Hong Kong? I'm not sure. But that um, Hong Kong's currency and gave it to me. And I remember spending majority of the money for presents for my cousins. And it made him mad. Like so that's so weird i mean like okay yeah. like i i understand like when it's a like, gift giving i know people are really particular about that but at the same time you gave them the gift they can do yeah. whatever they want with it so well, well technically i don't know entirely if it was all his money or if it was mm-hmm. um what my mom gave me so it's like but at the same time it's just like the way that i spend my money even though that he's my parent he's my dad at that moment i don't know it it was he was mad that i spent my money on my cousins not on myself kind of deal so there was that and then of course i flew home and of course but that that's also when just I- comes back to the like the fact that he doesn't really know know you like like mm-hmm. i remember when we first met like you were so huge on like buying gifts and like that was kind of your way to show that you care and that you love somebody is by buying them gifts and you know and you buy gifts that are you know you're you buy gifts that are thoughtful you buy gifts that you think that the person would enjoy or you buy gifts that um that you know that they need so like you you always buy gifts for like your cousins for example you always buy gifts uh for your friends i would know because i've one i've ex- I received some of those gifts but two because anytime i'm with you you're like oh i need to go buy a gift for my friend and this and that so that's just one of those that if you if you get to know you, if you get to know Sophie, then you would know that she's a big gift buyer, a gift giver. But I don't think your dad knew that or knows that and gets really upset. It's like, okay, but what do you want? But what do you expect you to do with the money he gave? I guess he thinks that you're going to spend it on yourself. But but the question is, is that what well, would you have spent it on yourself? And if Probably so, not. you see, I well. Guess. And then that's the thing. It's like also being raised in like a big family. It's like you're you're used to like actually being my age, especially now. It's like I'm treating the younger generation kind of deal. So it's just like I grew up like being um, taught like the money is spent. Like if you're older, you um, take the care of the bill or something like Asian people fighting for the bill. That's probably the best thing that you will ever see in a theme song. Oh, yeah. Very, very very normal very normal for everyone <laughs> yeah it's very normal so it's like but that's kind of how i grew up and then of course fast forward um after that whole situation i realized that i didn't belong with my dad i belong with my mom and her family and whatnot eighth grade hit found out that my mom during the time that i was in hong kong my mom actually moved to texas to work for my uh for her family friend uh, not her family friend for her best friend's husband which of course i call them aunt and uncle yeah so i didn't know that was going down and then when i finally came home uh found out my mom ended up telling me it's like hey we're moving to texas and i was just like what because like i said i grew up with all my aunts and uncles up in new york i would be the solo one to be outside of the family like states away and it was difficult to adapt to it because the, even the like idea if you weren't it, already the black sheep already <laughs> that just makes you yeah. even more yeah pretty much so yeah we moved uh she told me that when i came back and i remember 
I threw, I rebelled so hard with it, like to the point where I, I was actually in gifted and talented. Um, my grades dropped to where I was kicked out of the program. Um, so I went to regular classes the second semester of eighth grade. So there is that. And then I started cutting school. And I remember getting caught once when my mom was in town and moments before she had to leave for her um, flight, she had to come and pick me up from it, it was a church Goodness. closer to my grandparents house she had to come and pick me up and also picked my friend up so there was that got caught by the police and was underneath um in the basement of the church so that was Jeez. fun y'all um, are so ballsy i think that was the one thing i would have to say it's like yes ooh. i've rebelled quote-unquote rebelled in certain ways but definitely not to the point of like skipping school if you okay no no, no. Never did if you had if you had the metro system like we did in new york it would be a different story because I started riding the bus by myself when I was in middle school, like end of fifth grade year, beginning of sixth grade. I started riding the bus by myself to school and walking to school, which I think my school was at least like probably eight to ten blocks away from where my grandparents house were was. And I was able to walk to school. It took me like 30 minutes, 30, no, 30 minutes up to an hour. But at the same time, it was just like I was able to walk to school. So it was a lot of freedom. Like at the age of maybe 11, like 10 or 11, you had a lot of freedom at that age in New York City. And I feel like it would yeah, be different if, if if Texas had the metro system the way that New York City had. It, it will be a total, you'll be in a totally different environment, like um, growing up in a totally different environment. So, yeah, and I also remember running away from home, which gave my par grandparents a heart attack because I wouldn't. I had a cell phone at that time, mainly because I did ride the bus to school. Uh, I would have to every time I get to school, I would have to call my grandparents to let them know I made it. So yeah, so I ran away from home, and that was like ran away from home. My grandparents tried to call me, I didn't pick up, which gave them pretty much a heart attack. And I'm pretty sure that was kind of like the last strike, like three strike you're out kind of deal to where it secured my my flight ticket to texas so yeah well yeah so so there is that and it, it was difficult because i grades wasn't a big thing for me like i was never forced to be like oh you must be a student kind of deal because my grandparents never really understood that whole ideal anyway it was more like oh if you do good if you get like an a minus or a b we'll get you a new cell phone like that was my motivation in school back in middle school was right oh, get good grades to get a new phone oh okay i mean um, hey it's, it's a what's it called a work and reward kind of system so yeah, yeah pretty much so but no that was my childhood it was um of course after my mom moved us to texas i started to realize everything that my grandparents done for me growing up and it i think that's part of the reason why i'm uh, much more mature er then my mom uh because even i actually ended up working for a brief period of time working um for my uncle's company and of course my mom worked there for uh like three or four years and her co-workers like they would tell me i was like why why are you so much different from your mom like you're it seems like you should be the mom and your mom should be the kid so i remember yeah i remember going through that but it it shaped me it's hard to say because it's like did i truly grow up in an asian household yes because technically and i will tell you this it's funny because chinese is technically my first language because that's how i communicated like growing up that's how i communicated with my grandparents and being raised by them 
so English is my second, but I'm Asian American. That was pretty much my childhood. It was just like, it's not like growing up in an Asian household. Technically, it did. Yes and no. I, I don't know how to explain it because it's like it, my situation in an Asian, Asian household is I feel like it's different from a lot of other kids. Like I we went through similar stuff, but the way in events, life events that went through in my childhood or growing up in a with my grandparents in their household was completely different compared to I feel like yours of course. Um but right. yeah. Yeah, I we definitely think that there are definitely some overlap in the sense of Asian values, but definitely the way that we grew up is vastly different from each other, which I think gives us, you know, unique perspectives and different outlooks in life because of it. So, mm-hmm. but overall still having certain values intact, I guess. is a good. So I guess, okay. So the big topic that um, Max is your parents' judgments, just like in your overall life, like, did you let your parents' judgment, like what they were and did you let it affect you? So they might say otherwise, but I definitely say yes. <laughs> it was definitely one of those growing up for me. I've always been the people pleaser. I've always wanted to make sure that I was doing right by my parents, that I was the good child, especially since being the oldest. Um, I was kind of put in that in that position to be like the best child and be the example and stuff. So they were a lot more strict on me about things. And I know for sure that some of the things that I do is reflected on like the family and stuff like that, or what I decide to do is really important. Uh, as well as the fact that my, what was it? Because being the oldest, you get like the most strict of rules. And then like later the youngest, my sister didn't have to worry about it. So like growing up, for example, before it was the whole like, Oh, you can't date until you're in college or you can't date until after college or until you get married or whatever. So like they were pretty like adamant about that type of stuff. But then once I started dating, then when it came to my sister, they're just like, when are you going to get a boyfriend? When are you going to move out? Hmm? Hmm? What are you going to start doing that? And she, oh my gosh. And I was just oh like, man, why did, why were y'all so lenient with her and then not with me? But yeah, that was something I think with my parents, when it comes to parents' judgment is that I was very much a people pleaser growing up. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to rock the boat or I didn't want to do that. So, so that's why when I was saying earlier, when I have moments of rebellion, it would be kind of really small or petty things. I try and obviously I try not to do the whole running away thing or I try not to do anything like that. Cause I, I always think like, okay, if I was to do that, I know that I would make my parents worried. So that's, those are the things I don't decide to do. But what I will decide to do for some reason growing up would be fighting my parents about, who I wanted to date, what I wanted to do. So it was kind of, it was really interesting fighting for that. I think it was just because those were like one of the, the little things that I can have control over because growing up, of course, they were very much wanting me to be successful. They wanted me to go into the medical field, at least to be able to have a, a stable job and everything. Cause originally I was gonna, I was, um, I went to school for nursing, but I suck in science. I could not for the life of me do anything science related but growing up my parents were always just very adamant about trying to get me in that direction that we would be stable and financially supported and all that stuff so so the things that I try to fight for were little things like who I wanted to date and stuff like that so a little fun fact about me that not many people know about and again it wasn't official but I was put in an arranged marriage 
uh, what happened in this situation was my dad specifically had this one friend and he, his friend has a family and everything too. Their oldest was a boy and I'm the oldest in my family. And I guess the moment happened when we were literally like two and three years old during this trip, we went to visit this uh, other family and as we're hanging out and you know, kids are kids. So we're hanging out and everything. And I guess they were jokingly, but not really jokingly saying things like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if our kids got married in the future? So for a while, it was like the running joke since then that I was in an arranged marriage. And the thing was, is that his family did the same thing. So my parents would joke about it and then his parents would joke about it. But like, they both were like kind of serious about it, but not really. And I just remembered when, cause at first like growing up and then when they told me I was in an arranged marriage as a joke, I learned it as a joke. But then as time went on and like, I was interested in dating and I was interested in dating other people and stuff like that. Anytime I was like, oh, like, I really want to date somebody else. And my mom would be like, well, there's no reason for you to date because you're already in an arranged marriage. And I was like, excuse me? I And I vividly remember this argument because I think my parents were very, very concerned. They thought I, I they thought I had a, a secret boyfriend at this point. But I remembered where basically they thought they were still joking with me, but I was kind of getting slightly serious in my voice for like a 13 year old. I was getting really serious. But I remembered us talking about dating and I basically told them I'm going to date whoever I want. And my mom was like, you know, you can't date anybody you want. And I was like, well, why not? I can date whoever I want. And she's like, well, no, as long as they are good people, because we want to make sure that you uh, know who you're dating and da 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 and all that stuff. And I said, so I remember telling her, I said, it doesn't matter. I'm a date who I want because I love them. She goes, uh, but what if they have problems? I was like, even if he's a drug addict, I will still date him. I think that kind of made my parents concerned because I think they thought I was like dating someone at the time who was a drug addict or a criminal or something. And they were very, very concerned for me. And parents oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then finally we sat down and then I kind of broke down to them and I said I hated the fact that they were joking about being an arranged marriage because, you know, at the time I was like, I can't tell if you guys are joking anymore or not because we talked about it all the time. So and I don't want to be an arranged marriage. And they said, OK, OK, we'll we'll, we'll not we'll not make those jokes anymore. <laughs> and. Funny. Yeah, so so we fi- so I finally like got them off my back about the whole like uh this joke about being in, a, in an arranged marriage and stuff. They also didn't like it later though. It was funny because in nod to what they said to me cuz like later we, you know, cuz I've been on trips back to Vietnam and stuff and I've taken and we uh, would hang out with that family. So I taken a picture before next to the guy and I p- captioned it. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was a good idea back then, but then I captured it as ex future husband on on the on the little on the little caption bar right <laughs> and my mom was very upset she's like why would you post that like why would you say that da, 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 da. And I was like she's like what would what would other people think I said well I don't know mom you were the one who said I was arranged marriage to him and now we're not isn't it out accurate description I think actually now if you actually find out my Facebook it still has that caption on there <laughs> so oh my gosh <laughs> so it was just very, um, very much like that. That was like an example of me just being rebellious 
slash like that was my only moment of being really selfish because anything after that you know yes there were times where we fought or there were times where we got into disagreements and stuff but overall i still very much wanted to please my parents so i didn't do i didn't go up against the grind or anything like that growing up however you know afterwards like once i got into college and stuff and i switched my majors and i started dating my now husband that's kind of like went out the window like dire judgment change (laughs) but those are like the small victories that i considered was small victories back then just because again i was such a big people pleaser i was such a huge like i wanted to like please my parents and stuff like that because and then like in it again like this is the whole part of like the parents judgments like to them like in their eyes they see us like as like oh we are such good obedience kids even though we were a hellions in some uh, in some ways in their eyes but like we never like got into drugs we never got in trouble we never um really uh you know shook the water i think the only major thing we ever did was like changed our majors or you know because for them it's like oh they talk about they talk big about that because that's the other thing you know asian asian families always like to talk big about their kids and brag and talk about their successes and stuff like that but i think that you know my parents were expecting or hoping me to be a nurse or become a nurse and it didn't happen. So like, that's probably why they were like really upset. But then when they realized that my passions lie elsewhere, which never made sense to me why they thought I was going to become a nurse anyways, because my dad, for example, he got his college degree in human development. And then my mom came out as an accountant. So it's kind of like, where, where in that line would you have thought that I would have become a nurse? How do you expect me to have gone into that when I see my dad working all the time with people and my mom knowing how to financially budget uh, the household income kind of thing? So it's like, I don't know where <laughs> I've always like looked back now and I'm just like, where in y'all's right mind did you think I was going to go into the medical field at all? Your surroundings and the people you're around will influence who you become kind of thing. Well, so. also, also for some reason for Asian parents, they always thought that it's the thought of wanting my kids to do better than me kind of deal. Like it's a secure, like becoming some, some kind of profession in the, in the medical field is like, it's a security pretty much. It's like, you're going to be successful. You're going to be right. Right. And um, that's like a lot of money. Yeah. So it's like, but then it's like, as a kid, you don't, you don't know that that's what your parents want is for you to live a happy and successful life, not worry about money like they, they had growing up. So a lot of kids don't realize that. And it's like, even me, it's like growing up, my grandparents wanted me to become a, um, a nurse or be in a uh, pharmacy. And I was like, oh, hell no. But yeah, I, I understand that. Cause, but that's like, I feel like that's every Asian person though. Right. And, and it's just, to- it's just a, it's just a struggle across the board. And I feel like that, again, it's not exclusively just an Asian communities, but it is very common. It is a very common um, standard that everyone pushes on uh, their kids and such. So, yeah, but that's pretty much like with our par- my parents' judgment, you know, that's kind of the things that I looked out for because I was such a people pleaser growing up um, that I didn't want to look bad in their eyes. But, of course, you know, once I got older and knowing that they are proud of me no matter what, it helps, but it also is taking me such a long time to really find out what I want to do, who who I really am, and 
exploring more opportunities and options because even now like yes they're still proud of me and so proud of my accomplishments and stuff like that but even now when I experiment or when I look into doing other activities and stuff they're a little hesitant and they they question it but at the same time they let me do me like for example I started my own like Etsy shop my own like little sticker shop right and it's doing well for itself it's really small still but it's doing well but at the beginning of all of it, my parents were a little hesitant because they're like, why are you wasting time making stickers when you can be doing a full time job right now? And like for those who don't know, um, I was furloughed and then let go from my job because I worked in hospitality and therefore, you know, hospitality right now is not doing so well in this pandemic. They would expect me to go out and like still find a job basically and then work and all that stuff. Um so they don't, they didn't realize, or they don't think of me as doing beyond that. But that's also because I've never got a chance to express that when living at home. But now that I own my own house, you know, and my husband and I have been living here for almost a year now in our new home, that I've actually been able to explore that creative side of me. I've painted two, three of the rooms now. Um, and it's definitely very, very different. Like when I say paint, I mean, like, I don't mean like put a new coat on or anything like that. I mean, like I kind of went a little ham and got a little creative with it. So, and again, at and first designed it mm-hmm. and went viral on TikTok. For oh yeah. Yeah. I did for a little bit too. Yeah. But my, and I remember my parents being really hesitant when they were like, Ooh, you're going to pick that colors or, uh, you're going to make that and do that. Like when it was finished, they turned around and was like, oh, look how beautiful it is. And they they were like, oh, can you send pictures of it so I can share it to my friends and stuff? I was like, y'all, y'all just trying to be trying to be all hyped up and everything now because you all you like the fact that it looks so good. But no, back then <laughs> I was when I was first working on it, y'all thought I was crazy. So, yeah. So I think that's the thing about my parents is it's a little stereotypical, but I think that's what my parents is, is that they, they really do hope for the best for you. They do get concerned, but they also don't a hundred percent understand my creative side. So that's what always makes them scared or hesitant. But now seeing like my, my sticker shop, for example, doing well and our house being decorated and stuff like that, I think it kind of changed their mind. I would say that's my parents' judgment is that, you know, they do love us. They do care and they do um, want us to do the best and they're proud of us no matter what. But at the same time, I think it does make them worried when we aren't doing the expectations or the mainstream expectations that is put on us in the first place. Yeah. And I, I, it, it's difficult to say because like technically I didn't, um, for myself at least, I don't feel like I was raised with parents' judgments because of course grandparents didn't really understand it all and my neither my parents were like technically present up until later on in my life um but the thing with me is that I grew up to where it's my mom doesn't really care about grades like I care more about my grades than my mom did and I didn't actually to truth be told it's like I didn't really care about my grades up until college honestly I don't and I have no idea how I passed high school the way I did. Don't know how. But um, my mom is more free-spirited than, compared to a lot of other Asian parents. She, didn't, she cared, but she didn't. She cared, she cared more that I was in a good school district or I went to a good school versus about my grades. And so she made sure that um, when we moved out to Texas, I was zoned into a good school. Like where we lived was zoned into a good school. So 
that's how she showed that she cared about me, I guess. But that's just general Asian parents is that they want what's best for their kids. So there was that, but she never really cared. Like I remember it, my parent, my mom's judgment was freshman year of high school. We were in a car and on our, on our way to school, like she was dropping me off. She was just like, I don't want to be a grandma yet. Out of nowhere, no context at all. She was just like, I don't want to be a grandma yet. So don't do anything like that. I was just like, and never got the sex talk from her at all. But that just came out of the blue. But straight out told me, I don't want to be a grandma. Like, that's that's what my mom thought of me, was that. I was just like, I just got into high school. I don't understand any of this. And you're telling me that you don't want to be a grandma. So it's like, it, it's just an odd thing that my mom would think of. But she never, she cared about my grades, but at the same, same time she didn't. She wasn't very strict about it. Um, So I was kind of raised with not much expectations, in a way. I don't know if that truly makes sense, but yeah, there's that. But um, it, it it's hard to put into words exactly because it's like at least for me, um, I felt like, and of course everyone else can um agree with this too. We were raised, we were always compared to other kids. Like I was always compared to this one. Technically, she's my aunt because she's a generation older than me. But I was always compared to her as like, oh um emily's emily knows how to save money emily knows how to, to get good grades look at uh look at how she got into a good school for pharmacy uh to become a pharmacist and stuff like that and it just put so much it, it's funny because i'm very close to her because we of course i'm older than her even but we were raised by my great-grandmother so her grandma my great-grandmother and so I saw everything. I saw everything, how it mentally, not destroy her, but mentally, it was hard for her because she was, everyone had high hopes for her. And when she called me and we had a three hour phone conversation about this, tell me that she couldn't go through college for pharmacy because it was just hard. She didn't understand. And she's a type where if she doesn't understand it and she rereads it like three or four times and she still doesn't get it, she will start crying. And that's exactly what she did was the way that they had that program set up. She was thinking about like three to four science courses in her first semester. And just like hearing about it and hearing her cry about it. And she wasn't happy at all and she was living she was trying to live up to all this expectation and being raised and moved out to texas at that time um my mom didn't really push any of that to me i was more open-minded about stuff like i went to community college to get my associates first and then went on to university to get my bachelor's um but with my cousin or with my aunt she didn't get that free freedom to do what she wanted to she was told you're gonna do this um like because you got good grades you're such a good student and stuff like that and I just watch her just come apart and I ended up telling her like this is your life this is not other other people's life your parents want wants what's stable for you and that's why they wanted you to go into this field but if you're not happy about it or being in it figure out what you want to do 
and go into that area. And ultimately, that's what she ended up doing. And she's amazing. She got her master's. I, I'm super proud of her kind of deal. But that, that's, that was what I grew up with being compared to. And I was just like, and I'm totally not her. And what I ended up doing was total, total, total opposite of, of course, what my grandparents expected from me. I didn't go into the medical field either. I went into business. I went into more of like the visual slash planning side of business. And swear to God, I hated math growing up too. And somehow I ended up working with numbers, like big numbers. And it's just, it's crazy um, to see how, in retrospect, um, how everything kind of lined up. Because I remember, like, growing up in New York, um, I grew up in a family where it's like people knew who I was uh, out in Chinatown, and I didn't know who they were because they knew me as the granddaughter of so-and-so that worked, um, that's a manager down in the the Asian grocery store. Like, that's how I grew up. and I remember walking past with my grandma in um, one of the meat departments. I, I don't know what to call it, but it's like a grocery store. But it's like the entire thing was a grocery store from one end of the street to the other end of the street. Um, but yeah, this grocery store was really big and we we're cutting across. And I remember my grandma being stopped by her friend and her friend looked at me and she was just like, your granddaughter is going to work with a lot of numbers like so my grandma was like oh she's gonna be an accountant growing up uh when she grows up and stuff like that uh, not really technically my job does entail that but at the same time not totally i work with a lot of um inventory numbers and about to learn um dollar numbers kind of deal but at the same time it's just like i hated math back then and i never thought that what that person said to my grandma would actually happen so didn't really have much of like growing up never really had to have that parental judgment in a way now that I'm thinking about it it was more like expectations and reality wise I set my own expectation when I was in college like I wanted to graduate college my mom didn't care about me going to college at all she just she's the type she even told me she's like just do what makes you happy and I'm the type that I had to have a plan and I think um, because I was raised without one I wanted to make sure like I was able to set myself up for success and not failure it's more of my own judgment versus a parent judgment of my life I guess so it's it's a lot different and um, I don't think that a lot of kids can say that nowadays. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to really say stuff out loud. Um, just because I I didn't have that part of um, parents who I actually personally I would have loved to have that the same time i didn't really get to grow up with having um or going through a disappointing parent or something but yeah parents judgments not very i don't know i i it it would have been very important to me if i had it but um i didn't and i learned from an early age where uh, i needed to set up my own expectations that I can achieve. Uh, compared to you, I, I don't think I had 
um, to go through much of a parental uh, situation where I needed to be judged. All right. I think that is a wrap here for episode two. We just discussed over about um, growing up in Asian households as well as talking about our parents' judgments on our life choices and how we grew up. Uh, but yeah, overall, we hope you enjoyed. We will be discussing more things in episode three. Da, 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 da. Episode three is actually, we're going to talk about relationships. Um, relationship judgments. Well, we could just yep. talk about relationships. She's going to talk okay. about the judgment that her family put on her. <laughs> But we'll, oh. but episode three, we'll discuss Ooh, yeah. a little bit more about our relationships and um, what direction we went with, whether or not our families agree, disagree, and where we are now in our standings with it. So, But that will be in episode three. Thank you guys so much for coming out and listening to us. Thank you. Aya, uh, thank you for listening to Aya Podcast. We'll see you next time. We'll not see you. We'll, uh, what do we say? I mean, you could also say we'll see you next time. Or until next time. Oh, okay. Until next time, thank you for listening. And Bye. follow us. Oh, sorry. I interrupted oh. your uh, your outro. I know. Go ahead so and say it one more time. Like... Sorry, go ahead and say it one more time. Um, ooh. Boba, go away. Stop. Move. Okay. Three, two, one. Thank you for listening to us, and we will talk to you guys next time. Done?